You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. We've spent a lot of time these past three years in this podcast talking about zero trust as a strategy in our cybersecurity first principle thinking. We've talked about the history and the philosophy of it, but we've also talked about how the security vendor community has overhyped the concept so much that all of us are sick of hearing about it. Even so, zero trust as a first principle strategy is still an impactful way to buy down cyber risk. But it's likely you'll never reach the end of your zero trust journey because it's more of a mindset, a filter to use to judge your ever-changing digital environment. And although your zero trust infrastructure can be quite complex, it doesn't have to be. You can get a long way down the road by using the people process technology triad you already have in place. Something I like to call a meat and potatoes approach to zero trust. We've also talked about the various zero trust tactics to consider, like logical and micro segmentation, vulnerability management, software bill of materials, SBOMs, identity management, single sign-on, two-factor authentication, and my favorite, software-defined perimeter. But while we've been working our way through that, the target of our zero-trust efforts has been shifting. Originally, like back in 2010, we talked about limiting access to our employees and contractors based on a need-to-know. By 2013 or so, when we all started to allow employees to use their personal devices to do work, like tablets, laptops, and phones, we started thinking about how to limit device access too. And just this year, the U.S. National Cybersecurity Center of Excellence announced its research on data classification processes, a brand name for the aspirational idea of being able to apply the same kinds of internal zero trust controls that you use within your own digital infrastructure to data that leaves your organizations, like email and files stored in public repositories, like Dropbox and Amazon S3 buckets. We just published a CyberWire X podcast on that very subject called What is Data-Centric Security and Why Should Anyone Care? The links are in the show notes and you should definitely check it out. But in 2020, when we all relearned what a supply chain attack was, when the hackers behind the APT29 attack campaign compromised SolarWinds, and in 2021, when the community discovered the Log4j vulnerability and the risk of open source software, we started to get serious about applying zero trust rules to commercial applications that we buy, software that we build ourselves, and open source code libraries that are used by everybody. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Zero trust in an app-centric world. So, hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. This is going to be fun.
My name is Rick Howard, and I'm broadcasting from the CyberWire's secret Sanctum Sanctorum studios located underwater somewhere along the Patapsco River near Baltimore Harbor, Maryland, in the good old U.S. of A. And you're listening to CSO Perspectives, my podcast about the ideas, strategies, and technologies that senior security executives wrestle with on a daily basis. My name's Christopher Niggle, uh, or Chris Niggle. Uh, I met Chris Niggle for the first time in person at the 2023 RSA conference. Uh, I am the regional CSO of the Americas at Okta. I've been with Okta for eight years as an employee and four years before that as a customer. And he and I got to talking about Okta's latest white paper called Business at Work 2023, where using the metadata from its own customers, Okta was able to highlight some trends in applications used this past year. And it looks like COVID is really over since the use of business travel apps is way, way up. 43% year over year. They have this fantastic chart that proves the point. On the x-axis is year-over-year growth by numbers of customers. On the y-axis is year-over-year growth by numbers of unique users. And all the application categories like content collaboration, security, banking, etc. are grouped in the middle of the grid, except one lone entry high into the right of the chart, all by its lonesome, that represents travel applications. I started out by asking Chris about the graphics. So as information is collected through the use of the Okta application. Because we serve as the identity front door for over 17,000 customers globally, we have an incredible amount of anonymized information about uh, cloud adoption, uh, as well as adoption of security controls and how the industry is changing. So the way you collect this information for this report is your customers who configure your product to provide identity and access management services. That's how you know that they're connecting to, say, Salesforce or you know, Gmail or whatever it is. That's, that's where you're getting this information. That's right. We have the visibility into the types of applications, the growth of those applications, and being able to draw inferences across uh, different segments of the industry, again, through the use of, uh, of anonymized data. So we're never able to associate specific usage patterns or report on specific usage patterns uh, in this report through that, uh, through that resource. So you're not able to do that, but you're able to characterize like uh, the most popular applications, the, how many users are using them, those kinds of things, you know, kind of metadata, right? Yes, exactly. The big strategy that everybody has been pursuing for the past five years is zero trust, and the originator of the white paper, John Kinderbog, is quick to mention that identity management is not zero trust, but it is absolutely a key and essential piece. You can't do zero trust without it. And that's what caught my attention for your report, as the last five years have made all of us wake up to the potential attacks from third-party software applications. And your report seems to identify most of the applications that organizations are using around the world. Um, you're absolutely so, correct, uh, Rick. Identity is not on its own zero trust. And zero trust is a journey. Uh, it's not a destination. So I th what we run into is we see a lot of organizations who are trying to approach zero trust as something they can purchase uh, and implement, uh, when the fact is that zero trust is that, uh, is that journey. 
And identity is the first step uh, in that journey. In the report, Okta tracks the top 50 most popular apps and highlights a few that have gained the most ground, like Figma, a cloud-based collaborative design tool that Adobe purchased in 2022 for $20 billion. I even used it myself to build the mock-up of the Cybersecurity First Principle book webpage. Links in the show notes. Last year, Figma boasted a chart-topping 81% year-over-year growth by number of customers. And one of the fastest-growing apps in 2022 was Palo Alto Network's Prisma Access, their SASE offering, Secure Access Service Edge. The app grew 109% year-over-year by number of customers, which is one indicator supporting... If you'd like to hear the rest of this discussion, subscribe now to CyberWire Pro. Here's what you get. This interview in its entirety, but also all shows in the CSO Perspectives podcast series in total. The quarterly analyst call that I host, along with every podcast in the CyberWire network, ad-free. And you all know that's my favorite part. To subscribe, surf over to the CyberWire, all one word, dot com slash pro. That's the CyberWire.com slash pro. And if you're interested in one container that holds all of the ideas discussed so far in the CSO Perspectives podcast, you can buy my book at Amazon or wherever you buy your books from. It's called Cybersecurity First Principles, a reboot of strategy and tactics. If you enjoyed this preview of CSO Perspectives, be sure to subscribe to CyberWire Pro and get access to the rest of this episode, as well as all past seasons of CSO Perspectives ad-free. And you all know I love getting rid of the ads. Visit thecyberwire.com slash CSO Pro. That's thecyberwire.com slash CSO PRO to explore the many benefits of CyberWire Pro and to subscribe. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com.